Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Brazen Education with your host, Educator Barnes. Tonight's episode is Ensuring Every Student Succeeds. This evening, my special guest is Alexandra Curlin. Alex is a proud Hoosier and former educator. She has also previously served as Assistant Director of Due Process at the Indiana Department of Education and as school board member for many districts, including Washington Township, the district where her children currently attend school and where she hopes to return to the board. She has been practicing law since 2004 and believe her experience and zest for education makes her a strong candidate for school board member. Welcome to the show tonight. Thank you so much, Educator Barnes, for having me. I'm so excited. Well, if you're watching the show live on Facebook or on YouTube, please share your thoughts and questions in the comments. On social media, please use the hashtag Brazen Education so we can know your thoughts and connect with you. Um, I just want to address up front um, for Washington Township, Alex is running for the District 1 seat. Um, she is running against Deidre George Davis. I did extend an invitation to Deidre uh, um, for the show. I'm going to read to you guys um, her response. She said, while I appreciate your willingness to accommodate my schedule, I am respectfully declining your invitation. Regardless of the outcome, we know that our school system in its current state is a threat to both my boys and yours. I will not stop fiercely advocating for smaller class sizes, diversity among teachers and staff, diversity and inclusion in the classrooms, particular high ability classrooms and programs, and holding the administration accountable and ensuring that the achievement gap continues to close until it no longer exists. Thank you again for the invitation and have a wonderfully blessed day. So I just wanted to make it clear, I did attempt to have a well-rounded conversation with um, both um, people running for the seat, but nonetheless, you guys know me, I pressed for it. Uh, I wanted to hear from Alex. I think it's super important um, that we talk to school board um, people that are ready for school board because you have the presidential election, the governor's race, the mayor's race, but the races that are typically closer to our heart are the ones that involve our children. Um, so Alex, the first thing I want to talk to you about is what happened with the last election. I think it's just important to kind of get that out on the table and just kind of address that up front and then we can move on to the other topics. Absolutely. First of all, I don't remember if I said thank you for being here and thank you for having me. And I appreciate that very much. And thanks for the opportunity to talk with you and both your audience. Um, the last race was an amazing race. We um, were we were new. We had new ideas, new thoughts. We were the first people to talk about the achievement gap. We were the first person to we were the first team to ever talk about the declination in our ISEP scores. We were the first team to talk about robust construction projects for students in the district to have as career options. And we won the election. It was amazing. It was awesome. And we were able to bring a lot of change on the board when we got on. Um, shortly after the election, someone on the other team pointed out that my house um, turns out it's two houses south of 75th Street. Um, Washington Township is in three residence districts. Um, the one residence district is sort of the north or the west side of town. The district two is the center of town. District three is the more east part of town. And the line between district one and district two is on the east, on the west, excuse me, it's Spring Mill Road. And on the north, it's 75th Street. 
My address is 7431 North Meridian Street. When I met originally with my opponent and we discussed where I lived and what district he, I would be running in, he indicated that he thought that was District 2. And I sort of trusted that. I looked at the map and I agreed that it was District 2. The map um, isn't really clear on what the streets are. And so we all thought that I lived in District 2. And it didn't turn out until after I won the election that I was actually in District 1, not District 2. Um, I won't spend too much time talking about it, but I will say that uh, this, that, um, I think, but for COVID, that the election would not have gotten overturned. Um, my election is the first election in over 250 years where um, an election has been overturned without a showing of fraud. And there were two specific findings, both by the Court of Appeals as well as by the trial court, that there was no fraud involved. And so, um, I, you know, I, I, while I don't agree with the court's decision, the court, the Supreme Court denied transfer is what that means. And while I don't agree with the Supreme Court's denying transfer, I do think it was, like I said, I do think it was an impact of COVID. We filed right in March when everything got shut down and the Supreme Court stopped taking cases for a while. But that's where I am. And um, but I'm really excited about the things that I was able to do while I was on the board. Again, like I said, um, we were the first campaign that was talking about the achievement gap. We were the first campaign that really actively campaigned on it. And people were really upset when we started doing that. But now, if you look at people's platform, it's the exact same platform that I brought two years ago. Um, before I ran for the board, we did not have district goals. As a district, we did not have district goals. And I was so excited um, that when we got there that we ended up with district goals that we can now hold not just administration accountable for, but that we can hold ourselves accountable for, the board accountable for. And as taxpayers, as, as voters, you can say, these were your priorities. How did you do? And so I'm really excited that we're able to do that. Great. And for those of you that don't know, like the demographics and background of Washington Township, I want to quickly share what those are. Um, recently, um, the Indiana Department of Education switched from using um, the IDOE Compass page, and now all the school data is on the IDOE InView page. I just want to mention that for my viewers because I know there's a lot of viewers that haven't realized that the information is now housed somewhere else. Um, I do think logistically, I think it's easier to view the data on that uh, site. So if you go to Google and you just put an IDOE in view, you will get to that site and you can look up any school district, any school and see the data that's on there. Um, so I'm going to quickly just uh, talk about the data from Washington Township, just uh, the demographics. So this is um, Washington Township. And as you see, we have over 11,000 students in the district. And when it comes down to how diverse Washington Township is, 40% of our students identify as black, um, th almost 30% are white, and then um, our Hispanic population is about 20%. And then our Asian population is 3.5%. When you're on this website, you can go to performance, and you can go to student achievement. When you go to the student achievement page, you'll be able to look at the standardized test. And I am an educator, as you guys know, and I know a lot of times people kind of steer away when we talk about the standardized test, but it's important. And then you look at Washington Township, um, if you look like the uh, third through eighth grade proficiency data, and if you click over here to do view details, you can see it broken down by um, racial groups. 
And when you look at these racial groups, you can see that um, the black African-American group is at 31 percent in comparison to our white students at 74 percent. And if you click through the rest of the data, the narrative shows that there is an achievement gap. Um, which Alex has talked about um, in the district. So, Alex, can you share um, if you get reelected to the school board? Um, some of your priorities. I know you started to talk about that in your previous answer. Some of your priorities that you plan to focus on. For sure. So, you know, like I said, um, it was really important to me that people recognize the achievement gap. And so I'm really excited to say that people now are talking about it. Um, people recognize that there is one. You know, I worked really hard to talk about representation, representation, representation. For the first time in its history, the district now has a diversity, equity, and inclusion specialist um, who is at the superintendent's table in, in the superintendent's cabinet, which is amazing. Um, I will tell you there's three things that I'm focused on this go round. Um, I'm focused on strong academics that is accessible to all students. I'm focused on strong community partnerships that support those strong academics and strong fiscal responsibility. Those are the three things that I think are really important this go around. Because it is a school system, academics has to be at the heart of what we do. Um, and strong academics that is, that is accessible to all students has to be at the heart of what we do. I'm advocating that instead of looking at sort of our education world as um, uh, regular, the regular sort of academic track and then the gifted track, I'm advocating that we add some more levels. I'm advocating that we have an, a gifted level, an advanced level, a regular level, as well as a basic level that is all throughout our schools and that children can move easily in and out of. I'm advocating that we have more remediation at both the middle school and the high school levels. I'm advocating that we have Wednesdays as two hour delays on every Wednesday so teachers have time to collaborate, to plan, to meet with students one-on-one -on -one if they need to do that, um, and so that they have time to actually work with students. I'm also advocating that all teachers teach all students so that there isn't a group of gifted and talented teachers and a group of you know regular teachers, but that all teachers bring their expertise to all students. I think teachers gain a lot by that, and I think students gain a lot by that. If you talk to students who are in our district who are not in the gifted and talented program, who are not in the honors classroom, honors classes, a lot of times they do feel like the other. They always feel like they're not as special as those kids. They feel like um, they feel like they're sometimes the stepchildren. And a lot of times they can't be in those classes, not because they're not smart enough or that they're not hard enough workers, but because there's other things going on. So for example, when you look at our gifted and talented program and you see two kids of color, Maybe you don't want to put your kid in the classroom that's got two, kid of two kids of color and him, him, him be the third kid of color when, in fact, your, your kiddo has a great time in the classroom that they're in and they feel confident. So that's something that we have to address. I tell people this story um, that happened in my own family. When my daughter was at Crooked Creek, she um, was in the Gifted and Talented program, and there were four kids, and there were four kids of color in the program at that time. Um, one of them was obviously my daughter. Another one was a daughter of a, another attorney that I know. Another one was the son of an administrator in the district, and the other one was just a kid. We don't, I don't know his mom, and she wasn't that active. His parents weren't that active in school, and every day that kid got kicked out of class 
every single day, was kicked out of class and had to be sent out into the hall. And every single day, my daughter came home and was crying because this kid got kicked out for no reason. And she didn't understand why. And it was really getting to her. And so finally, she said to me, you know, mom, when this kid gets kicked out tomorrow, I'm going to walk out with him because it's just not fair that he's getting kicked out of class every day. And so Allie did the next day get kicked out. And, you know, Allison, who turned, you know, she's not so much of a rule follower in my house, but turns out she was a rule follower at school. So when she gets kicked out, she, when she walks out of the classroom, she doesn't tell her teacher, just walks out. And, um, by the, and every step that she's taking to the office, she's, you know, hyperventilating. She's realizing the gravity of what she's done. And, you know, what I, I tell people that story to say that, you know, when you see unequal treatment happen to people, it doesn't just affect the kid who it's happening to. It also affects the kids who were watching it. My child, who happens to be a child of color, felt it deep in her heart. But other children who weren't children of color, they see that type of treatment to certain children and they think it's okay for them to be second. It's okay for them not to be treated the same as they're treated or not to be given the same benefit of doubt that they're given. Um, so I, I think it's really, really important that we focus on all of the needs of all of the students and make sure that students feel comfortable in their skin, that they feel comfortable in their classroom, that they see themselves reflected, not only in their teachers, but in the course curriculum that we offer. Um, I, and I think that that's super important. I will also say that I don't think that that's Washington Township specifically as an issue. I think that's a nationwide issue. I think for too long, um, our country has not offered our kids of color curriculum that reflects their true history and their true background. But as a, as a board member, I hope to change that because our background is everyone's background. Just like um, Thomas Jefferson was my founding father, Martin Luther King was yours. And so I think that it's important for us all to see America as a, as a place that is inclusive of all of us. And I think you made some good points there, because when I think about at one of my former schools, I was um, the high ability um, coordinator for my building and, and that particular role, my school and I was IPS at the time, they did a census test, which that essentially means for those of you who don't, don't know, you pick a grade level and you give everybody the high ability test. Right. And then you from there, whoever qualifies gets into the programming in Washington Township. That is not the case. Um, interestingly enough, um, when my kids were in, I have twin boys, which most people know, who also went to Cricket Creek. And it was like, hey, we think your kids may test in the Compass. And Compass is every school district has a name for that program, right? So it's Compass. And I said, okay. And so because my boys are twins and we had them separate, we actually put them together for second grade because we thought they probably would test into this program and we wanted them to acclimate to each other. Long story short, they did not test in. Third grade, they get recommended again, did not test in again. Wow. Um, but what's interesting to me, which most people don't know, both of my sons was granted a mission to the high ability private school that is in within Washington Township's boundaries. And so wow. we actually decided to stick with our district school. And so it's kind of frustrating to know that this other school where they had to take us test to make this bar said, hey, your kids have the intelligence to be a part of our school, but when you're in my neighborhood school, they couldn't make the cut. And so that to me is, is frustrating. And then what's more yeah. frustrating is when I learn about what happens on the back end. Um, so back in February, it was actually Friday, February the 14th, I had the opportunity to meet with Dr. Woodson and people in her cabinet 
um, like Rick Doss, um, Mary Lowe, who I has retired from the district, um, different people. And it was like the NAACP, um, the Urban League, um, the IDLE Cultural Competency Advisory Council, which I'm a part of. And so I was like representing them and I was representing myself as a parent and a, um, a gentleman from CICF. And so we were going over all this different data. And I actually had the opportunity to, um, to talk to the principal of North Central. But long story short, the principal of North Central shared about this great program. And when I heard about it, I don't think it's so great. It's great, but it's not. And here's why. There's this program before black kids come to the high school that if you weren't ever in Compass in elementary school, if you weren't ever in advanced playlist in middle school, we'll put you on a special track so you can get into these advanced classes in high school. And so that's great that before they get out of high school, they get the opportunity. But my experience in Lawrence Township as a student is I had that same experience where I got to high school. It's like, hey, Shantae, you should be on the academics honor diploma. Let's switch your schedule. And the amount of anxiety I had the rest of high school trying to right. feel like I need to catch up because right. I hadn't been in classes like that. Right. And so I think to your point about the high ability, we really need to rethink it because if our district is 40 percent black, but there's only four black kids in a high ability class. That doesn't add up because to me, I know that black children are gifted, um, right. just like white children, just like Latino children, just like Asian children. So right. why is there this disconnect between um, these kids getting into these programming? So um, I think it's super important um, if you're on the board, whoever's on the board, are they really look at this issue because we can't be trying to fix it on the back end when they get to high school because I lived that experience right. um, as a child and. I had to learn how to deal with like perfectionism and trying to hit this bar because I didn't have the experience of this is how you do this type of work. And so the other thing you mentioned was discipline because mm -hmm. you mentioned how like your daughter got, you know, she walked out of the class and all that, you know, how she felt. Uh, what are your thoughts about school discipline? Um, there's a lot of um, talk about defund the police, get um, resource officers out of the school. Um, and when I saw the referendum information, um, there was some information about that some of that funding would be used towards school safety. Um, so what are your thoughts about school safety? Um, people talking about we need to get police officers and, off campus out of school. What are your thoughts about this? So I will tell you that I, I think school safety is a huge priority. It's a huge concern. Um, and I think that school safety takes place in so many different ways. I think one of the ways that school safety takes place is with regard to how students actually feel. So the achievement gap, I have to say, the reason that it's such a big deal to me is because the achievement gap affects people's ability to believe in themselves. I'm trying to, I'm, give me, I'm gonna pull this up um, because I did a presentation last um, week to a bunch of lawyers and what I did is I talked about Brown versus Board of Education and there is a really good quote from that case here there's a it's it's a quote from the slaughterhouse cases from 1873 and this is a quote that um, that the Supreme Court quoted This is, a, it's, I'm sorry, it's from McLaurin versus Oklahoma State Regents into Supreme Court case. And this is what they said about um, separate but equal. Segregation of white and black children in public schools has a detrimental effect upon the black children. Now, I'd argue that it also has a detrimental effect on the white children, but they were talking about separate but equal specifically here. The impact is greater when it has the sanction of law. So imagine when a teacher kicks a kid out. That's the sanction of law. For the policy of separating the races is usually interpreted as denoting the inferiority 
of the black group. A sense of inferiority affects the motivation of a child to learn. Segregation with the sanction of law, therefore, has a tendency to retard the educational and mental development of black children and to deprive them of the benefits they would receive in a racially integrated school system. So when you've got a situation where you're treating students differently based on the color of their skin and based on your impl implicit biases, I'm not saying people do this on purpose. Um, I, I think there's a very rare person in our district who is an actual racist. I think these are implicit biases that people don't realize that they have. Um, but when you treat students differently, when they feel differently, they feel inferior. And I don't know if you've ever felt inferior, Educator Barnes, but when you feel inferior, you act out. You don't try, you give up, you get depressed, you get sad, that comes out as anger, that comes out as behavior, that comes out as you know unwillingness to work. And so part of how we deal with school safety is by ensuring that all students have equal access to really good education. Because when students are learning, they feel good. And when they feel good, they behave, they behave badly much less. So that's thing one. Thing two, I don't have a problem with our school resource officers. I think our school resource school resource officers are great folks. I think they do a great job. What I have a problem with is that we use them instead of teaching. I have, an, I have another story to tell with my kids. My kids are crazy. So Nicole, one time, she's at Westlane, and um, somebody's uh, somebody in the kid they had, they had back in those days. They had like um you know those gaming systems you do in your hand. I think like a PlayStation yeah. or something like that. So one of the kids lost a PlayStation and the kid comes into the class um, and says, hey, teacher, I lost my PlayStation and I know it was in here and somebody's taken it. And the teacher says, hey, kids, and this happens to be Nicole's only non-honors class. OK, so you can imagine it's majority minority. So Nicole, so the teacher says, hey, guys, such and such has lost his PlayStation. Where is it? Everybody looks around. Nobody sees it. Hey, the PlayStation's not here. The, the guy says, I'm, I promise, teacher, it's in this class someplace. Kids, look again through your stuff. Nobody finds it. Okay, well, then I'm going to call the SRO. And the SRO is going to come in here, and the SRO is going to take a look through your stuff. SRO comes in. Okay, find the PlayStation. This kid has lost his PlayStation. And whomever has this PlayStation, I'm going to arrest you. I'm going to take you out of here. No questions asked. So find it. Otherwise, I'm going to start looking through your stuff. Nicole, at this point, she's never had a police, uh, she's never had interactions with a police officer, so she's starting to get a little bit nervous. So they're looking through their stuff, still nobody finds it. So he then starts taking people's things and looking through those things. So Nicole, at this point, is freaking out. She has no idea if she's got this PlayStation. You start thinking, your mind starts going crazy. She thinks she might have this PlayStation. So it gets to Nicole, and the SRO says to her, okay, let me see your stuff. And Nicole says... I have a right to have my attorney before I get searched, so I need to call my mom. He looks at her, and she says, I have a right to an attorney before I get searched. I need to call my mom. So the other kid says, yeah, her mom represents me, too. Her mom represents me, too. Her mom represents me, too. And the then this SRO says, kid, are you sure it's in here? Go look in your locker again. Kid goes to look in his locker again, and guess what he finds? PlayStation. But again... What happens is the kids in the classroom didn't get the benefit of the doubt. The kids in the classroom, rather than feeling like that police officer was their friend, felt like that police officer was scary, was not there to help them. And my daughter, who I think is most of the days, not every day, a good kid, learns to think that this person is scary rather than helpful to her. So there are ways 
that we can use police officers to help in the classroom and to help students, but there are ways that it harms the relationship in students too. So it's really important for us to look at how are we using our SROs? What do we expect out of them? What are they showing to our kids? What type of representation is happening? I think that's really important too. Lastly, I think it's also really important to make sure we look at teaching and look at providing education to students as not just in the classroom. Their social and educational and emotional development is just as important. So if we stop thinking about the dynamic of just the teacher and the student, we have to also think about the social worker, the counselor, the classroom assistant who's helping to elevate or remediate um, the teacher's needs because it really is a team of folks. And a lot of times teachers don't get the support that they need to do the other stuff that is required of them. So I really think it's important when we talk about building strong community partnerships, we talk about bringing folks into schools that really want to play that other support role for a student that they may not otherwise have. And I think that's really important too when we talk about school safety. I know that's, that was a lot, so I apologize. No, that's all right. And I think that's important because I think about my sons when they were really small, they really loved that show, Paw Patrol. And it shows like these little dogs and all their different jobs. And their favorite one was Chase and he was a police officer. And I think about how they had this positive image of police. And then somewhere around along the line, especially children of color, you start getting this different perception of the police. And I think schools are a place where we can start to change that narrative because your interaction with the police officer in your school should be just like your interaction with the person that's serving your food, the person that's the teacher, the person that's your assistant. It just should be a person of the community. Because when you think about like social studies content, at the at K-1-2, you're talking about the community. Who's in our community? You learn about all the different jobs. And so being a police officer is a job that some kids say, I want to do, even kids of color, like, I want to become a police officer right. in their interactions with the police officer. And then when you talked about implicit bias, I think we need to talk about that a little bit more and like what the district can do to make sure we're looking at that because the SRO should not be your personal security system. It shouldn't be like, you know what, I can't solve this problem. So let me go call the school uh, resource officer to search uh, these um, bags or to come here and get this child out of my classroom because right. I don't want to do it with him or her. And right. Kid, the the teacher should be the one that's really a having that relationship with students. Um, yeah. I, you know that's a key, and then b making sure that we're only using that if there's like safety. Because a lot of times, when I I even think about my own students that I've had over the years. It's just like the reason the SRO was called. It wasn't because anyone was in danger. Right. Like no one was in danger, right. and so it was like what no one was fighting. It's just you said a bad word or you. Right kicked your desk or you refused to do your work and now we're bringing in the research officer like that's not okay that's um, absolutely right that's absolutely right i couldn't have said it better right and so the next uh question i have for you kind of sticking with that washington township and 10 other school districts um they um signed this pledge about anti-racism in the district mm -hmm. and i know recently there was a panel of five of the superintendents um, that participated. And because of COVID-19 and all these things are happening, they couldn't get all 11 together. 
Um, I was one of the people that was asked to create questions for this. And I know that Dr. Woodson turned down the invitation to participate in the very first one. I'm not for sure she's going to change her mind and participate when they do the second panel. But what are your thoughts about what you expect to see from a school district um, that sign a pledge for anti-racism? What do you expect to see? And Washington Township just created a position for a diver, uh, um, an equity um, officer um, um, that to come to the district that just started working a few weeks ago. Like, what are things that you want to see in the district to show that we're addressing equity, we're just addressing inclusion? So let me first say, with regard to the equity officer, I have heard amazing things about her from a thousand different people. So I'm super, super excited about this person. From everything I've heard, she's the real deal. She's the truth. And I'm so excited about that. Um, having said all of that, I think being in a majority minority district, I think I would be remiss if I didn't admit the regret that I feel that we have to hire somebody like her. Um, because I feel like we've got the tools and for whatever reason, we haven't put those tools in place. I always tell my kids all the time, it is my job to give you tools, but it is your job to use them. And so, you know, and I feel like we have tools in our district that unfortunately haven't been used. I think people have to have a real come to Jesus, epiphany, whatever you want to call it. Racism is real. There, I mean, there's no question about it. Racism is real. I felt it. You felt it. Um, it is real. And if you don't acknowledge that, then I think you start from the bottom. I mean, if you don't acknowledge that it's real, if you don't acknowledge the biases that you personally feel, I mean, I have biases. I do. Um, my business partners will tell you all the time how my biases get in the way of a lot of the things that I do. Um, I'm very judgmental. And so, and that gets in the way. And so people have to remind me to, you know, stop being so judgmental or stop thinking, or you're not a know-it-all or you, you know, someone has a different experience than you and you have to value that experience. And a lot of times, I mean, we really, as Americans, are not taught to value the experiences of others. We keep talking about how great of a melting pot country this is, but we never say the reason it's such a great melting pot country is because people's culture, people's experience is what makes us strong. It's what makes us work. And that's one of the things and why I'm so passionate about running for this particular position in this particular district. Washington Township it is, it is the cure. It, it, is, it, is the, it is the utopia. It is the place where we can show the world what diversity can do. We can show the world how we can succeed because we are so different, because we learn through those differences what makes us stronger. And our bond becomes thicker and stronger. And our kids become stronger and wiser and savvier because they've learned to use diversity as a strength rather than have it as a weakness. And so I'm, I'm super, super passionate about saying that because unlike a lot of districts, you know, in some districts, you've got kids that are majority minority, they're all poor. Or you've got some districts where it's majority majority and they're all rich. In Washington Township, you've got minorities who are rich, you've got minorities who are poor. You've got my majorities who are rich, majorities who are poor. You've got second, third, fourth, fifth language speakers. You've got immigrants. You've got folks who have, whose parents don't speak English, but they speak English fluently. You've got kiddos who come in who speak English, but they can't read it. I mean, they've got the gamut of everybody. And all of that makes us better. 
That makes us better. How, what better way to teach someone to read than by learning how to read? What better way to learn how to do a math problem than by teaching someone else the math that you already know? What better way to, you know, perfect a skill than by working with someone who doesn't already have that skill? What better way to understand someone than but by listening to them? and hearing from their experience. And we have that opportunity in Washington Township. I got to admit, I don't remember the original question because I got on a soapbox. Now, <laughs> I was asking you, like, what do you expect the district to do? Because right now, because I think about this, right? So the whole George Floyd uh, situation happened and then everyone was kind of in this holding pattern of like, we should say something, right? Right. And then Washington Township releases a statement, which I'm going to be honest, I thought it was very, very safe. Right. Um, and then we move forward and then the 11 school districts come together and take this stance on anti-racism, which that's great um, because I feel like you can't address the problem unless you like come out and directly say, I'm going to address it. So I like that. But it's not clear to me as like a resident, as a former employee of the district, it's not clear to me like what I would see as a parent, what changes I may see. So uh, if you would get to the be back on the school board, what things would you want to see happen in the district to show that they're addressing um, anti-racism, implicit bias, um, diversity, equity, inclusion, all the good okay, things? Okay, perfect, perfect. So one of the things that we did, um, again, so this issue for me is not very new because this is an issue that I ran on two years ago. So that was one of the reasons the district goals were so important to me. When I got in, we had never had district goals before. And so equity and the achievement gap all came up as issues, but there was never any baseline data for us to say, what are we looking at? What are we expecting as growth? So one of the big things that Washington Township has done now that hadn't been done before this past spring is we now have district goals that include equity as a specific measurement. So we have a baseline data. And in a year from now, we can say, where is our baseline on participation um, in um, upper, upper echelon classes, suspensions and expulsions, you know, um, kids who are graduating with or without a general diploma versus a core 40 diploma, where we are in ACTs and SATs. I mean, those are specific things that the board has asked administration to measure to determine whether or not it's doing better. Obviously, it's the first time for goals. They're going to have to be refined. And as we see things in the district, we're going to have to continue to refine them. But that was one of the reasons why those goals were super important to me, because I really feel like it's hard it's hard to, you can't just judge people without giving them an expectation. So you have to set a framework wherein you say, hey, we see this problem exists, but this is what we expect to happen. Now that we've all acknowledged it, it's no longer enough to say, well, you know, she intended to do a really good job. I know she's really trying or he's really trying, whomever. I'm not talking about anybody specific. It's not enough to say he's trying. Now it's time to say we want results. And now with district goals, we have the ability to actually get results. So I think that's a really, really good start. And I think it's a really big start for Washington Township. And I think I'm going to add about those district goals. I think those are important because a lot of the pushback you hear, and even from other educators, you know, and I will admit, like, I don't want everything I do as an educator to be judged on the I learn or judged on the right. I read. 
So I think it is important to have other goals. So when people push back to say, hey, we switched from I step to I learn. So that's why we weren't achieving. Or, hey, the standards, you know, they change. So, you know, that's why we're not achieving. Right. Uh, To give other tangible things that you as an educator feel like you have more control over. That's um, right. That's looking at the systems I do in my classroom. Like I have control over that. Like there's some control over. But I think one thing that's important to me. So after uh, we had that meeting back in February, uh, which majority people were in the room were black people talking to the district. I get this in the mail and I don't know if you guys can see this, but it says on here, all student achievement matters. And this flyer simply pissed me off. I'm gonna be honest. (laughs) And the reason it pissed me off because when we were in the room with Dr. Woodson, we asked her, do you acknowledge that there is a huge achievement gap between black and white students in Washington Township? Like we asked her to say it and name it in the room. And so she's like, yes. And she gives us a folder of all this stuff and all that stuff is posted on Washington Township's website under like equity. So it's all there. That's the stuff she gave us. And we got, I think that stuff went on the website like shortly before we had that meeting and it's still there. Um, So that's all great. But it's like one thing to be in a room with us to say it and then release something like this where you show all this great stuff. And don't get me wrong, as an educator, I think it's important to show all these great facts and all these great statistics. You can't beat people up. But you also have to like state that these things are problems. And I know this was in response to uh, several articles that came out that said that the achievement right. gap between black and white students in Washington Township was the largest of all the 11 school districts in Indianapolis. Right. Right. So what they did was say, hey, which I agree with, like I'm a data person. They said, hey, we're going to compare ourselves to other districts that have the same demographic and the same background. But still, many of those same school districts were in Indianapolis. And the piece of data that they did not include was that achievement gap between black and white students, which was so important. And to me, when your school district is 40 percent black and you're not having that conversation, that's a problem. It's it's important to have those goals and even like the messaging. So when I saw that all student achievement matters, after I sat in a room with you and and other people, it's just like, that's like the all life matters, like flyer that came to my house. And that's not okay. Um, I will tell you the the one challenge that I I, I found um, in running for school board is people love our district so much for, for great reasons. We have a really awesome, amazing district in part because we have such an amazing community. Um, and this is a real, I mean, I moved to Washington Township specifically when I when we bought the house the second time, um, we specifically said we would never move out of Washington Township and we have no plan on ever moving out of Washington Township. We love our community, you know, but I will say in this district, it takes people a minute to recognize our weaknesses um, and they get very, um, territorial or offended when you point out those weaknesses. And I think, you know, for me, you know, and I I think sort of, so we haven't talked about this, but you know, one of the the things that I'm criticized a lot about is because I I, I believe in school choice. Um, But the reason that I believe in school choice is because I believe that we have the ability to be the best choice. We can be the best choice for everybody. I, I've never in my life backed down from a fight. I'm a scrappy little thing. And I, 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 I'm okay with competition. I can, I say, bring it. Having said that, in order to really compete, you have to really take a good assessment of your weakness because then you've got to shore it up and then you've got to protect it. And then you've got to make it better because that's how you become strong. So, you know, I think that I've gotten a little bit of, um, 
I think I've gotten a little bit of a lot of criticism because I do point out some of the things that make us weak. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, my personal philosophy is I, I can smell roses all day long and I can tell you how great and wonderful things are. But I wouldn't run. I mean, we could keep the same people in there for 50,000 years. If, if everything was great and smelling like roses, we, we didn't need change. I mean, I'm running because there are things that we've ignored for too long. There are things that need to be shored up. And um, Doran said something last night when we were on a, on a call with parents, and he talked about the intentionality of doing something. If you can't name it, then you cannot recognize it and you cannot address it and so you you have to name it so that you don't have to fear it and so that you can um so that you so that you can conquer it from david mcguire those against school choice in washington township well there's a reason um background there is a, a group in washington township called the washington township parent council and um, if you don't know who they are, I will tell you actually my uh, experience with them. When, um, and, th and this is the thing I think that frustrates me is I'm an educator. Most of my career, I've worked in traditional public schools. I worked in two charter schools. I'm working in one right now. And but it's like I chose my school choice was Washington Township. Right. I lived in right. one house for 12 for 12, 12 years. And then I recently moved a year ago to my new house. And I moved four streets over so I could stay in Washington. That's right. I had the opportunity to go to a private gifted school, but I chose to stay in Washington Township. And I think what's frustrating, um, especially when I've interacted with parents from this group, is like, even if I work in a charter school, even if I believe someone else's child should have the opportunity to go to a charter school, a private school, a Catholic school, whatever, homeschool, you know. I chose this is my choice. So this is the choice I'm fighting for. I actually want this choice to be the best choice. Um, yesterday I was in a training and Dr. Woodson was on the train. It was like 600 educators across Indiana. It was Dr. Anthony Muhammad and he was talking about overcoming the achievement gap. And what and he was asked at the very end of this training, because we were on there all day, what do you think about like charter taking the money in the voucher schools? And he says, I don't get into that. I'm pro-child. And then he says something that really stood out to me. If your choice, if your school is the best choice, no one would go anywhere. Right. And so for me, it's like, I believe that Washington Township is the best choice. That's why I chose to buy a house in this district. And so for me, when I, when people don't want to come talk to me or don't want to be interviewed by me because I work in a charter school or I say that I'm pro-choice or I say that I'm pro-child, I'm pro whatever you want to do that you feel is best for your kids, like that's not okay because then you're saying that I don't matter. Like my viewpoint doesn't matter. My kid doesn't matter. My voice doesn't matter because I believe something that's different than you. And so I think the reason we can't move forward in the digital because we have parents whose mindset hasn't changed yet. I will say um, at the last, one of the last meetings I was at, the Washington Township Parent Council is going to read, um, push out um, of the criminalization of black girls in school. And they're going to watch the movie. I plan to participate in both of those sessions. Um, but I think my frustration is um, why do I have to wait for you to catch up? I've been here in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. That's five school years. I've been coming to these meetings waiting for y'all to get your mindset right so we can move forward. Um, right. So that I would say um, to David's question, um, that's kind of like the, the argument here in Washington Township is that, and it comes down to funding. There's a secondary argument that sure these is. schools are taking the funding. And sure. as an educator, I know that we are 
I mean, under resourced. I'm not even going to argue that. And the, and the thing of the matter is, I don't necessarily even disagree with all of the viewpoints that they have, but it's like, I came here to talk about Washington Township kids. I did not come to this meeting. I did not come here to argue with you about school choice. I came to Washington Township. So thinking about Washington Township and we both chose this district and we both moved to stay in the district. Uh, what are some of the great things of the district that you plan to highlight um, if you get to the school board? Because I think a lot of times we talk so much about all the problems, which is important. We need to name right. one and address it. But what are the great things about Washington Township um, that you want to highlight and maybe even add to um, being on the board? So one of the things that I think is the most amazing thing about our district is our community. Our community has our back like nothing else. I'm talking when it comes to if you need somebody to help with the swim team, if you need a volunteer for, you know, making sure somebody steps up to get you food for your softball program, if you need volunteers for people to help read with kiddos who don't know how to read, if you need um if, if you need extra PPE, if you need, um, you know, somebody to come in and provide, you know, teacher support during Teacher Appreciation Week and make sure that there's latte bars for them. I mean, our community comes out like you would not believe, like nobody's business. Um, and I think that they're, they are the biggest strength in our community. I think another huge strength in our district, we have amazing, amazing teachers. Um, our teachers are smart, they are committed, they are um, they are willing to work with and do anything to help kids learn. Um, is there implicit bias? There is. We all have it. We all have to continue to work on it. It's a, it's a challenge every day. But for the most part, our educators are amazing. I think North Central has the most rigorous academics in the city. You can go to Sycamore if you want. You can go to Park Tudor if you want. I had a kid who went to Cathedral. And I think Washington Township, our honors program is the best, the most rigorous program, hands down. I think kids, when they come out of our program, are prepared for post-secondary, but not just post-secondary. They're prepared for post-post-secondary. They're prepared for law school. They're prepared for medical school. They're prepared to own their own businesses. And indeed, we see in Washington Township in our community brilliance. We see people who run the city, mayors, governors. We see, um, you know, heads of hospitals, um, you know, people. Alex Azar lives in Washington Township. He's the health and human secretary services under on Donald Trump. He lives in Washington Township. And so we really do have brilliant minds that are products of North Central. Judge Tanya Walton Pratt, Washington Township. I mean, so, you know, the, the product that is produced in our district, I mean, you can stand it up against anyone's. You can stand it up against anyone's. And I, and I think that that's something that we always have to remember. And, I, and I'm glad you asked me that question because, you know, it's true that I do, like I said, I don't take enough time. That's probably the biggest criticism I think I, I would give of myself, that I don't take enough time to smell the roses and to talk and think about the great things that are happening in our district. Um, Wanda Thrusen, um, who is a mentor of mine who currently sits on the board, she has been... Um, you know, she really gets hard on me on that and says, you know, Alex, you can't keep talking about what we need to do, what we need to do. Sometimes you have to talk about what we're doing that's great. And I don't do enough of that. And so I, I have to apologize to the greater population out there because I do need to do more of that. I, I just get so focused on how much more we can do and how much better we can be um, that, you know, I, I don't do enough of that. But I'm glad you asked that question. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity 
to say how great well, I've, I've, I've received the same criticism because, you know, I've had people like quote articles I've written about the district. You said this and you said that. And what was interesting, um, my son's second grade teacher, uh, Mrs. Smith, um, that's the time they were together in the class. I actually wrote a whole article just about her and even named her in the article because she was really transformative in my children's life. And I said, you know what? You are right. Uh, and because it's, on one hand, you know, like we could be so much greater if we did this and this and this. Right. I need right. to bring this up. And on the other hand, it makes it sound like, well, why are you in the district? Right. And I think about like why I chose this district, like part of it. I was part of desegregation busing. So I was bused to Lawrence Township by the IPS. I was very used to being the only black kid in class. I didn't want that for my children. So I intentionally saw a district that it wasn't going to be majority black or majority white. I wanted right. to be kind of a good mix of different students. And I was a um, ENL teacher in the district. So I worked with refugee students that were in the district. Um, so I wanted my sons to be around every um, type of student, every type of child and have those like relationships. And so when I was looking, my husband and I were looking for houses. We looked in Lawrence Township because obviously we both, we graduated from there. So we looked there and then we looked at Washington Township. We even looked at Pike Township. But the district we ended up going with was Washington Township because mm -hmm. that met the needs. And the reason it took us two years to find a house because you know, they opened that other elementary school and we not only decided to stay in the district, we wanted to stay within the boundaries of Crooked Creek um, because um, Mrs. Parquette and Josh Bowles, um, they're great administrators and we have a great relationship with them. And for us, it's like, I don't want to go and start with another admin team, another teachers. I want to stay at this school. Right. So it took two years to even find another house so we could stay within those boundaries. And I think it's really important that you know, people hear like the things that you know that's great about the district and know that you know there's great things about the district. So I always think it's important um, to have those uh, conversations with uh, people in the district. So I think uh, think that's think that's great. And so I, I asked you earlier. You told me um, you're you identify as black. You are Haitian. How do you think um, who you are, who you identify as? What from your background, your role, um, would you bring to the board and how does that kind of shape um, the work that you would do? I, you know, it was interesting. OK, so when I was young, I always saw myself as a lawyer. I never saw myself as anything but a lawyer. And so when I went to college and started majoring in political science, I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> and I started working in a child care center and. You know, one of the teachers said, hey, you're pretty good at this. Why don't you take an education course? And I did. I took an education course and it was the first A I got in college. And, you know, I, I loved it. And that's how I ended up coming out as an education major and coming out as a teacher. And when I did graduate as a teacher, my family was like, what in the heck are you doing? I mean, we did not raise you to be a teacher. We were thinking doctor. We were thinking lawyer. Because um, for those people who are immigrants out there, you know, in the immigrant community, we really believe the great equalizer is education. Um, in Haiti, students don't get to go to school. There is no public school system. You have to pay to go to school. And so if you don't pay to go to school, if you can't afford it, which 90% of the population can't afford it, then you don't get to go to school. And so when you come to a country that has a public school system, I mean, for for immigrants, that's huge. That's huge. And so my family wanted to take full advantage of every opportunity that the public school system was able to, was the education system here in our America wanted to give us. And so that's, for me, the value that I bring as part of the board. I was raised knowing that 
the my education was the backbone was the foundation of everything i was going to be in life and i know that sounds dramatic but that's how i was raised that your education is the foundation of everything you're going to all the choices you're going to get to make in life your education is that backbone um you know I, I talked about quoting the supreme court and you know in 1954 when they looked at brown versus board of education the court said the same thing they said in that case today and that was in 1954 education is perhaps the most important function of state and local governments it is required in the performance of our most basic public responsibilities even service in the armed forces it is the very foundation of good citizenship today it is a principal instrument in awakening the child to cultural values preparing him for later professional training and in helping him adjust normally to his environment in these days it is doubtful that any child may reasonably be expected to succeed in life if he is denied the opportunity of an education such an opportunity where the state has undertaken to provide it is a right which must be made available to all on equal terms that statement was made in a 9-0 decision on a Rehnquist supreme court in 1954 but those words are as salient today as they were then and so I agree with the Supreme Court. And so that value is mine. And so my career has been, whether I'm representing a school district, whether I'm representing a parent of a child with special needs, whether I'm representing a teacher's union, whether I'm collaborating with the Department of Ed, whether I'm collaborating with folks like you and sitting on a school board or advising the school board, my goal has been accessibility to a good education for all students. And so that, that really is, a cornerstone of my faith um, and hopefully that's what I bring and I think that kind of explains because that's you're running your campaign with the everyone succeeds and so I, I hear like you quoting that case and I hear what you're saying to say like and you're you're right like education is the great equalizer I even think about myself my dad would constantly say you're at school to learn and right. like I really hated being on the bus for 30 minutes going into Lawrence Township like I love Lawrence Township but it was like I was going away from the rest and we lived on the line so my friends were going to um they ended up going to Arlington High School so I was on the other side of the line and so it's like all my friends are at this other school um but I know I gotta receive a good education and I like I think about and I think to myself what if I went to Arlington High School would I have became an educator? Would I be a school administrator now? Like, would I have done these things? Right. And not to like downplay Arlington, but those are the things I think about because I know what happened to the people that lived on that other street and I know what they're doing in life. Right. And, it's not, and it's not to say that I'm better than them, but I wonder, I, I didn't think about little things when we compared math classes, mm -hmm. and what class I got to take and what classes they got to take because the class wasn't being offered. And right. so you're there like how do you not have that class you don't have that you don't have like i um we have marine biology at uh, lawrence north you don't have marine biology as an option at your school and then right. and i really started to see like even though i didn't want to go so far away this school lawrence township was offering like i even remember their slogan integrity achievement service and that's still <laughs> like those things are like embedded in me and so i became this person so i think uh, we're down to a, the last like few minutes of our uh, episode so i'm gonna give it to you and just kind of give us your last like final pitch about uh, why when uh, people vote they should check your name uh, for washington township 
So I got to say, first of all, really thank you to Shantae for this opportunity. I really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, I got to tell you, I don't know that there's anything really special about me. There's not. I mean, my team is amazing. Um, they make me look really good. They do great things. And so, I mean, we have an excellent team. Um, you know, it's really, for me, the victory in this is not me being on the board. The victory is the conversation, it's the goals, it's the implementation of them. And to the extent that there's anybody who's as passionate or as skilled at being able to do that, I'm happy with that. I think that's great because what's really important is that it happens, is that it gets done. So if you trust me to do that, great. If you trust someone else to do that, great. Whomever you trust to do that, hold them accountable for doing that. Make sure you ask them that it's getting done. Make sure you demand equality, make sure you demand access, make sure you demand that your student, your child, your grandchild is the center of what we do at Washington Township because your, your participation in our district, your, you're sending us the most important and precious commodity in your life and that person, that child deserves that and so do you. So, you know, um, thank you for your time and thank you for, you know, spending your night with me and you know, thank you, Educator Barnes, for your time and for setting this all up and giving me a chance to talk. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show uh, tonight. Guys, I've been um, across the screen. That is Alex's website. So you can go to her website. You can learn more. Um, I send a bio of her, people that's backing her campaign. Um, and there's uh, the email addresses there on the website so you can contact her. She also has a Facebook page. So just search um, her name, her page will come up. Um, you do Facebook lives. Is it every, uh, tell them every, when you do your Facebook lives, that's important. We do. We do on Wednesdays um, at 7 PM. We do conversations with Curlin and really it's just a conversation about anything we have. Usually Samantha Franklin, who is big in the uh, educator in our community in Washington Township, she chooses a topic, lets me know what it is. We post it up and we talk and let people come on and, you know, have conversations with us. We do that via zoom as well as on Facebook live. So feel free to come, Pop a squat with us next Wednesday. Bring your wine, bring your Coke, bring some crackers, and let's talk. So you heard it there from Alex. So if you enjoy this conversation, you want to interact with her more, definitely tune in either on Zoom or on Facebook Live next Wednesday. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in, and I will see you next time. Thank you again.